0: Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. If you have your Bibles this morning, the book of Matthew is going to be our main text, so if you have your Bibles, go to the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew. Our main text that we're going to be coming out of is Matthew chapter 4, but 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 20 is going to be our opener. The title this morning that God has given me, and actually, ironically, I don't know how far back it was, but this is actually the exact same title that I had preached before. So we're going to preach in the same principle of no turning back. Starting forward, going ahead, being led by the Spirit of God, transformed by His power with the temptation therein to turn back. So this morning God has given me the title again, No Turning Back. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 says this, For if after that they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of Of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, and the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. The latter end is worse than the beginning if, having escaped the pollutions of the world and we've been saved, we've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, we have found Jesus. John chapter 3 Jesus tells Nicodemus, You must be born again. But then become entangled again into the bondage and addictions that is sin and lifestyles thereof. It, was wor- it would be worse for you at the end than it would be in the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Then after that they have known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, which is a proverb that is quoted here in Second Peter, that says the dog is turned to its own vomit again and the sow the pig that has washed to her wallowing in the mire going back to the mud after having been cleansed the dog vomits out the impurity the poison the thing of which the body says get out is bad for you and then in the same respect spiritually speaking He's comparing it as us that God has purged our life of sin, purged our addictions, purged us of those things that held us down. And what do we do? We go back to put it right back in where it was. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Again, this is a quick opener. It says this Now the just shall live by faith. Have I said but? But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him church this is a hard word because i would feel safe to say that there's not a single person in this room that hasn't to some degree i'll underline that to some degree after having been saved Started to go back. So, hear me when I tell you this. I am not standing on a soapbox. This is not a message of condemnation, but this is a word that God had revealed to me through seeing the context of Scripture. And though it was not the accurate interpretation for it, it was something that I saw that would apply to us today. And I'm going to get into that later. It might confuse you at the moment. But Luke for Luke chapter 17, 32 says these very simple words. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. How many of y'all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember Lot's wife. I want to be the salt of the earth, but I don't want to be a pillar of salt. That was a judgment. She died because she desired the pleasures of Sodom more than the deliverance of her Savior. So, this morning, I would like, as we go now into Matthew chapter four, laying that foundation of one who would turn back, going back, the sow going back to the pig pen, uh, to the mud, the, the dog eating the vomit that it had then purged itself out of. Or having now been entangled again, that which God had delivered me from. Ladies and gentlemen, I stand before you now as an ex-drug addict. This would be like me going back to the hood and looking for a a dime sack of cocaine. That would be just like me going back and say, you know what, I want to go back to the clubs, pop that ecstasy pill and hit the rave clubs and, and all those things. Me going back into the lifestyle to which God had delivered me from, I would dare say even now to say that, ladies and gentlemen, there is something that is individualistic about the things that God had pulled you out of that would not necessarily apply to others. So let the Word of God this morning then apply to you. What has God pulled you out of? There is an Egypt that is in memory of every born-again, spirit-filled Christian in this room. There is a memory there that hangs over you as, not as a condemnation, check this out, but a good thing. It's called a testimony. My God has delivered me from Egypt. My God has delivered me from A, B, and C, and I know He can deliver you from A, B, and C. I've been there. Come on, church. You see, and that's another thing to tie into what I feel the Lord has been weighing on me very heavy. Two weeks ago, last week Miranda had had, had, uh, ministered to us uh, on the Sunday morning, but two weeks ago, God gave me a word that says, In Christ alone. And I'm gonna tell you one thing, let's connect the dots. You see, I talked about what Jesus did, not what a pharmacy had did for me, not what a physician had did for me, not what a psychiatrist had did for me, not what a counselor or a life coach had done for me, but what Jesus Christ alone, the blood of Jesus that healed every sickness, that broke every bondage, that lifted me up on the rock, that restored my life. It was in Christ alone. Amen. Give God praise. But that is the very Egypt that people today are falling back. I stand before you now with a statistic that was proven in the late 90s that over 80% of new converts will backslide. God forbid if we look it up for today. God forbid. There was a day when this church was full. But in the last days, men shall be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Because in church, they're really singing, I'm the one who really matters. In church, whether they're actually singing it or not, it's in their head. I am the one who really matters. And I said this Saturday night, last night, but let me tell you, I'm going to say it for those who weren't there, and God, help me. But I'll never forget the day I talked with someone very... Active in church, she said, The problem with the world today is they don't love themselves. Wow, Johnny, I'm telling you, you know what I did? I was like, and I'm trying not to be rude, but I was like, Have you read the Bible? The problem with the world today is they love themselves too much, right. the problem with them, their selfishness. Sin is a result of stupidity and selfishness, because we're sticking the fork in the socket when Jesus says it will kill you. That's right. The world loves themselves too much. And transitioning from what God has done to the church, we've got to realize He delivered us, He saved us. We don't need the programs. I'm going to preach and proclaim we don't need the programs. If you're watching live, we don't need the programs. We don't need the pills. We need the Savior, Christ alone. Maybe this is that transition. Because now I'm calling out to people who I, like myself, when I got saved and born again as a child... Hungry and only satisfied with his presence. I had no friends at church. Even my own youth group made fun of me. I was a holy roller. I was loving Jesus. I was, hey, we got to talk about Jesus. Praise the Lord, you know. I was a sore thumb and even the church didn't like it. Getting older, doing all the things for, for Jesus. It wasn't until I ran from that, well, moved out of the house and then I got with the wrong crowd. You know, the, I experienced the things that I said I would never do. I said I would never do drugs. I would never have X, Y, Z, A, B, C. But I did all of those things and I got my life right. And I did some other stupid things and then I got my life right. And God delivered me from this. But then I went back to the, the sow went back to the pig The dog ate the vomit again. In the most embarrassing confession I can give you, I fell back into a bondage that God had delivered me from out of sheer boredom. The sad truth is, there was a time when I got back hooked in a bondage, an addiction that He delivered me from, not out of a pull, not out of a sway, but pastor, because I was bored. And that's, that's shocking. And some of y'all will be like, why would you say it? Well, let me tell you, I'm going to lay the foundation. If the devil can trip me, myself, and other people for boredom, we've got serious problems. We've got serious problems. Now, praise God, if y'all holier and y'all, hey, I'm never having boredom. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's pretty bad. Praise God, I hadn't had that happen. <laughs> then God bless you, brother, sister. But there are people out there liking me. The devil doesn't care how you get to hell. He wants to destroy you nonetheless. Amen? Amen. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Now, this morning, I wrote this down because it it needs to be said, and I didn't want to forget to say this. This morning is an observational message, an application message that is not intended to be an interpretation of the context of the Scripture. What I'm about to read is not the disciples backsliding. What I'm about to read is not from the text that they did anything wrong, but seeing exactly what they did in our lives that do apply to us in our lives that in our lives can be wrong. I promise you we'll get there. Amen? We'll get there. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and he dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zabulon and Nephilim. Well, let me tell you, I looked that up. The Nephilim is where it really comes from. Both of these, this is really interesting. This is the beginning in a context, church, Jesus is starting his ministry. Matthew chapter 4, the very beginning. Jesus is about to call his 12 and say, Come and follow me. What was interesting is he started in this uh, recruitment of his followers in Capernaum, which we found out in our Wednesday night series that a majority of his ministry was done in Capernaum. Check out where Capernaum was located. It bordered, literally, squished a sandwich between two Philistine territories, both involving giants. I want y'all to get the idea. I mean, obviously, we don't have uh, any concept of living in an area where people can be anywhere from 9 to 11 up to 35 feet tall. So literally, Jesus reached out into this territory called Capernaum that was sandwiched between two enemy territories, both of which were full of giants. While the devil raises up giants, Jesus raises up fishermen. Verse 14 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying the land of Zabulon and the land of the Nephilim by way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light and to them, which sat on upon the region of the shadow of death is sprung up. Jesus was that light. Jesus infiltrated the darkness. Jesus, by his, his calling of His Father to come and save the world, chose a small fisherman's town called Capernaum to reach out to these, these men to, be, to follow Him. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren called Simon Peter and Andrew, His brother, casting their net into the sea. How many of y'all know that they were fishermen? All right, they were fishermen. They were casting the net into the sea for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Right then and there, Jesus calls to the, those fishermen and he gives them a proposition. The proposition is you're a fisherman now, but now what I want to do, if you come and you follow me, I'm going to teach you to fish after people. How many of you have been promoted in your job? You ever had a job promotion? They said, okay, you're doing this now. We're asking you to do this, and it'll likely come with a pay raise. Some of y'all business owners, y'all own the place, right, Brother Mike? <laughs> hey, that's a promotion, right? <laughs> Amen. The point being, you started here. Now we're moving you up to here. You're learning how to catch fish, but let me tell you something. I'm going to teach you how to catch people. Okay. Okay. So there was a job transference. There was an occupational transition. Y'all see that? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20 says they straight away. It says they straight away, church, they, they wasted no time. They left the nets and followed him. And going from then saw other two brothers, James and uh, Zebedee, John. So they're starting to gather other people, mending their nets. And he called them and immediately left their ship. Straight away, the words, straight away, immediately. We see two words so far. They did not waste their time. When Jesus called, they said, Yes, that sounds good. Sign me up. Oh, amen. That's exciting. When Jesus came and people were like, let me think about, it. I don't know, I gotta live my life. Let me go to college. No, straight away. Don't worry about this life. It's temporary. Straight away leave your nets. Immediately, immediately it says, okay, in verse 23, Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and all manner of sickness and disease among the people. Check this out. He literally just pulled out these fishermen from their boats, called them to be fishers of men. (laughs) And you can imagine, if you were a fisherman by occupation, you're an adult, you've been doing it your whole life, you walk with Jesus and you were looking around and people are just standing up who couldn't stand up. People's leprosy was getting healed. Arms were growing out. Eyes were popping open. And you're like, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> Think about the history of the context. You see that. They've never seen that. That's all they did was catch fish. It says he literally just, bam, tidal wave of miracles. He went out about, all oh, Galilee, teaching, preaching, healing, teaching, Preaching, healing. How many you know the best way that you can learn to teach someone is to do it yourself? Jesus did what he was getting his disciples to learn how to do. How are you gonna catch catch people? Tell you what, teach them the word of God, preach the word of God, and heal all manner of sickness and disease among the people. Verse 24, and his fame went about all Syria. And brought them all the sick, they were lame. So his ministry is taking off like a storm. Y'all see that? We're talking about in verse 24, it says, which were possessed with devils and all those which were bipolar. (laughs) Let's take it to today's diagnosis. And all those that were depressed, possessed, you might recognize that there are spirits of depression. Amen? Amen. You might also recognize that whenever Jesus did his healings, Take note that he didn't actually heal the body. He cast the spirit of infirmity out, and then they were healed. Amen? Give God praise. Come on, church. Thank you, Lord. They were lunatic. They had the palsy, and he healed them all. So this is amazing. All 12 of them are jaw-dropped to the ground, their eyes as big as grapefruits, I'm sure, seeing this a miraculous event. This is amazing. And there were followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and all those other places. Praise the Lord. Now, I did all of that to lay a very wide foundation. I said all of that to point a very clear historical picture. Not just Sunday school theology. There were occupational adults who knew nothing but fishermen. There's a lot of people in your family that knows what that's like. Imagine, Elizabeth, if Jesus said, "Come and follow me, and I'll teach you how to catch men," and I bet you, you know what I would say? Yep, Jesus, you got the bait tackle box there. Because if you raising the dead, you healing the sick, you casting devils out, oh, you're gonna have the multitudes following. They're all about dropping nets, pulling up multitudes of fish. Jesus is like, bam, 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 and it said that multitudes had followed him. The fishermen were like, "That's how you do it. Teach me." Do y'all follow? Is the foundation wide enough? Great. Let's fast forward all the way to the end. John chapter 21. Four Gospels. Four separate accounts of the same story. Each Gospel having its own lens to see through of the same historical events that took place during Jesus' ministry. John, the 21st chapter. Verse 1, time frame, Jesus had died, he gave his life, he hung on a cross, he died. Oh, but the third day. If you were that fisherman who from day one were blown away by this guy who just pulled you out of your lifestyle, And somehow you knew it should be worth straight away. I'm coming. And you not only saw day one where he had an entire city come and see all these miracle works. I mean, he literally was just plowing through people, healing them, blown away. That was day one. It was three and a half years of that. Jesus taught them everything they needed to know, even whenever towards the end when the people started to pull away from him because he was asking too much like the church does today to Jesus, oh, I don't know about that, Jesus. Because he said, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy of me. If you cannot take up your cross daily and follow me, you are not worthy of the kingdom. Short answer, the people didn't want to sacrifice. The people didn't want to give up their selfishness. They wanted the fish and loaves. They wanted the healing and the miracles. But they didn't want the servanthood. See? We want the goosebumps. We want a good praise and worship team. We'll come to church for that. We love a good life coach speakers. But if it means I got to give up my A, give up my B, give up my C at home, if it means I got to sacrifice what I want to do for what God tells me to do, if it means i got to give up my sin, hmm. and all that was left with an original fisherman that says, straight away, I'm here. Jesus said, are you going to leave me too? What did Peter say? <laughs> he said, where are we going to go? You were the only one that has the words to eternal life. One of the smartest things he ever said. Now again, keep yourself as Peter, John, James, Zebedee, and all the 12. You spent three and a half years. And he even hinted that he was going to die. And Jesus, uh, Peter said, no, be it far from you. Mama Sue quoted it this Sunday morning. Be it far from you, Lord. And then what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Straight up told him the plan. They should have known, but what did it happen? If you look at, and I have to, because I can't read all the gospels to you, amen? Talk about Sunday night service, right? But fast forwarding, he told him I was going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'll be resurrected. But what did the scripture tell us? The scripture tells us that when Jesus was taken into custody, they all ran. All of them. And only Peter had a little audacity to be just somewhat within distance, earshot, visual, to betray him three times before the cockroach. Eleven were gone. Peter was there. They were attacked by not only the religious system, they were attacked by the people. Everything that they did, they're all scared. What if all of this three and a half years were for naught? What is going to happen now? The whole plan was for him to set up his rule, his kingdom, the Messiah. Their mindset was that the Roman occupation would be kicked out of the door and they'd have freedom. Follow? And now, just when all the fans and the players are getting excited at the end of the fourth quarter, interception by the Pharisees. Just when they had the win. The devil comes down the field with a ball. Eleven flee. Now, he dies. The king of all kings is slain. They buried him. Not one, not two. Three days in the tomb. Twelve of them together. What do we do now? We lost. And John, the 21st chapter, verse 1, says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. And on this wise showed himself, verse 2, there were there Simon Peter, Thomas, Didymus, Nathaniel, sons of Zebedee, those were the sons of thunder. And the two other disciples, Simon Peter said unto him, I go a fishing. What do you do when you feel like you've lost everything? Let's go fishing. Let's go back to the same job that Jesus pulled us back from. Now y'all see what I was saying? Fishing ain't no sin. But isn't it so true that just when you think all hell breaks loose and everyone around you dies, betrays you, backstabs you, your job, your business, all hell breaks loose. The devil doesn't hold back any punches You're down for the count. All hell fell on top of you. That's what happened to the disciples. What else is there to do? Let's just go back to what we did before. Let's go back to the same life that we had before. Oh, well, this, I thought Jesus was supposed to take all my problems away. Pastor, you told me that he loved me. How could such a loving God allow this to happen in my life? All of hell. Breaks loose on all Christians. The question is will you remain or will you go fishing? They weren't in sin. Do not misunderstand me. But when I saw both sides of the text, from the beginning to the very end, the same place that Jesus took me out of, pulled me out and said, You're going to do much better than that. They said, Well, it's over. I'll just go back. I'll go back. I've been guilty of that. The church, by and large, is guilty of that. Well, we're going to go back. Verse 3. They said unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth, all disciples. They entered into a ship that night and caught nothing. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. When you go back, to who you were after Jesus pulled you out, it will profit you. They caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus in his mercy says, Pastor, let's go back and get them. Because I love them. Let's go back. I'm gonna take him out with what I took him out before. Because I love them. Everybody say thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Is new. Every morning. Every morning. Jesus. Mm. First 4, but when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. The disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Church, the farther you go backwards, the farther you go away, from where God has put you, the harder and harder it will be to recognize Jesus. And they were far. They left the land that inhabited the people that they were supposed to catch. They went back to the boat that took them into the sea to the original fish that they were catching. Jesus said, I'm promoting you to catch people. These works shall you do in greater because I go to the Father. But they said, nope, it's over. We lost. Let's go fishing. Jesus came in his mercy to the shore, but they were so far from the call that God had placed them in, they didn't recognize the man that taught them every day for three and a half years how far away they got they knew not it was Jesus verse 5 then Jesus said unto them children have you any meat they answered no you ain't gonna have provision without God like I said y'all ready for some nuggets he's like hey without calling him out on it still doesn't know it's Jesus hey guys are y'all provided for y'all got what y'all need Prodigal son says, uh, not much, it's pig slop. Prodigal son's like, it's almost out, the pigs are eating better than me. That's what they, the prodigal son in this context would say, no, I don't have anything, I lost it all, I squandered it on my selfishness. I left Jesus. I left the Father's house. My daddy, who provided me and gave me the ring and the robe, I gave it all up for my selfishness. I wanted to go back. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. They said, No, we don't have any. And he said unto them, Why don't you do something different? Instead of doing it your way, he said, Cast the net on the other side. And you will find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it, for there were a multitude of fishes. They were fishing on one side. He says, "Uh uh-uh. What you think is not what actually makes sense. What I tell you is what makes sense. They were not able to pull the fish Now, for the sake of time, I don't have to go into the rest of the text. But because they obeyed, and they got the fish, Peter, he's not stupid. He's just hard-headed. What did he do? He dove off the ship, swam. It was Jesus. (laughs) Lord, you're here. It wasn't over. It's not over. They thought it was over. And then the Bible continues and records to say, they all got in the little ships, the little surrounded boats, and they came and met Jesus. And he supped with them. They had dinner on the beach. So oftentimes, when we think it's the hardest, when everything is against us, and we have every reason to just scream and pull our air out, Whatever your situation of trial and turmoil is, your Job experience, it's not worth going back fishing. It's not worth it. He's called you to something better. And you best believe just when you think you're down for the count and that, that, that referee is counting you with your boxing gloves and snot, you can barely see their stars, and you hear them say, non, Jesus is at the boat, Jesus is at the bank, Jesus is at the water, Jesus is saying it's not over. When life hits hard and it seems like Jesus is so far away, don't go. Don't go backwards and don't go to the old life. Stay confident in the new life that God had placed you in to be fishers of men. If Jesus did not promote you, nor did He demote you, make sure you stay, remained. Stand still and just see the salvation of the Lord. Get up off that floor. Wipe the blood from your nose. And say, "Devil, I ain't going anywhere." You didn't beat me. Hosea chapter fourteen, verse one. I'm going to close with this. Jacob coming up. Sing, salvation is your name. Hosea chapter fourteen, verse one through five. I recently preached out of this passage. Excuse me, not passage. This book that portrayed. A rebellious wife who became the harlot to her husband, left her own children, and sold herself eventually into slavery upon losing all of her physical beauty, squandered her life very much like the prodigal son, went back to her fishing boat. But the mercy of God through the prophet Hosea says in verse 1, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity, Take with you the words, turn to the Lord and say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So I will render the calves of our lips and assure us that save us. We will not ride upon our horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. That's the key word, church, our hands. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about the work of the cross. It's about the finished work of Calvary. It's about the blood of Jesus that saved. Verse 4, it says this. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew upon Israel, the refreshing dew that comes upon the plants. And you will grow as the lily and cast forth your roots as deep as Lebanon. I will heal your backsliding. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. And I said today, this morning, I don't believe there's a single person in here that to some degree, and I emphasize to some degree, Went back to the boats of the fish that was an old lifestyle that said, you know what? I don't know what to do. My world is falling apart. Everything is changing. I don't know what to do. Church, no one looking around. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. There's some in this room that have sin in their heart. There's some in this room that have dealt with an addiction that has yet to be broken. There are some that need Jesus to heal the backsliding as Hosea the prophet said, I will heal. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.